Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Timber Living Log Cabins. For your perfect workspace, living space or hideaway, timberliving.ie. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1. Okay, I'm joined now by Sally Ann and Derry Clark, who are the new operators of the Club Hotel at Goffs, which is due to open in a few weeks. And guys, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. And maybe we'll come back to this exciting new chapter. But um, I want to talk about something else first. Sally Ann, would you tell me about the Valentine's card? you found recently? I was clearing out some presses on Sunday and I found a Valentine's Day card from Andrew um, from 2006 and um, it just being so close to Valentine's Day the first person I called was Derry to say look what I found and inside it there was Father's Day cards and birthday cards for Derry as well from 2006 and 2009 and I must have shoved them in a corner somewhere and forgotten all about them. And it's one of those presses that I don't go to very often. So And tell people who Andrew is. Sorry, Andrew's our son. And he was 10 years gone last December and he died um, by suicide. So his anniversary was um, December, la- just gone. And um, we always mark it on the 27th because that was the day I found him. Officially, he died on the 31st. So um, it was just very like we were talking about the fact that it was um, 10 years and it was, you know, the fact that he used to buy me a Valentine's card every year. I found Mother's Day cards and I found yeah. different things that have been shoved in the corner of presses. But to find a Valentine's Day card two days before Valentine's Day, obviously somebody, somebody somewhere is trying to tell me something. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 years. 10 years. Does it feel yeah. like 10 years? Some days it feels like 100 and some days it feels like 10 days. So I think it depends on what's happening or mm. what what triggers your memory and uh, I mean we've so many wonderful memories we're very lucky um, and um, and as I say we're not the only ones in the country who are suffering I mean we, we met a guy only last week who told us he'd lost his son 21 to suicide and again no idea no no warning no uh, as far as he was concerned again one of these larger than life characters life yeah. and soul of the party and um, it floored them as well so and, and that's what Andrew was like yeah yeah, Andrew. Andrew was always in the middle of everything. He was the life and soul of the party. He was, what was he, six foot five, six foot five and a half, a great big lad who was always up to something. I mean, I used to say when he was younger, I'd write a book saying what Andrew did next, hmm. um, because he was um, he was always up to something. When he was quiet, we had to go looking for him when he was a kid, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah if we could hear pots and pans banging and he was in the <laughs> kitchen or whatever it is, we knew what he where he was and what he was doing. But um, yeah, he was a wonderful child and uh, he was a he was a pleasure. And a lot of people said to us at the time, you were very lucky to have him for as long as you did. And that's the way we have to look at it. You have to. Yeah. And Derry, I suppose it's tried to talk about getting over it. I mean, you, like like Sally Ann says there, time's so elastic, 100 years in one way, 10 days in another way. So you don't get over it, I presume. Do you, you find a way of getting on, do you? Yeah, I suppose uh, you live with it. That's one way I would describe it. Um, that's quite strange. Sally Ann did find that card last week and she's called me and I looked at it and it's funny, it's um, when you see it, there's a pain there because you see his handwriting. Yeah. Um, and you kind of look back at that time in 2006, Sally Ann, I think I said. And um, it seems a long time ago, but it was not really. And those memories, and you kind of wish you were back there. But of course, you can't go back in time. But you can go back in time in your memories. And as Sally Ann said, you try and keep the positive memories yeah, head. but um, the memories hurt in another way. They do know. indeed. Yeah. No, they do indeed. It's, it's they do so indeed. No, it is very complicated. It really is, and it's just um, 
Like, there's tr triggers every day. Pretty much every day you get a trigger, uh, a place or a sound or music or a TV show or a movie. Um, and they're triggers. And I actually have a thing um, in my head um, before Andrew and after Andrew in time, mm. which is kind of a strange thing to say, but... Um, no, I bet. I have a kind of um, two lives. And i got to say... Did to it you, change you, Derry? He did, yeah, definitely. I think it has. I mean, no one's ever said to me I've changed, but I definitely have inside, for sure, yeah. Less... Less uh, that um, I enjoy things less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if we're going on holidays or doing something that's exciting. Um, I don't really get, you know, I'm not bothered. It's kind of strange, really. Um, so I try to just keep myself occupied, cycling, walking, um, just doing things, hobbies, trying to keep the head occupied. I mean, I suppose the worst part, the worst times are really when you're going to sleep or when you're waking up, because you know, it's the same thing again. Still. Yeah. yeah, I know it's ten years, but I mean, yeah. as I said, yeah. I think it's always last last week in my head, and it's uh, like I feel, and I feel for other parents out there who are going through the same thing. You know, it's something we have to sort out in Ireland because we have a very high rate of suicide. Mm. Um, I don't know what our stats are uh, compared to Europe, but um, I know they're quite high. D did you both um, deal with it in, in different ways, Sally Ann? You know, the way people often can. Yes, because, I mean, we had obviously people coming into the restaurant telling us about um, there were people that we had known for years that had lost children for various reasons that we didn't even know those children existed. But they felt once Andrew had gone that they could talk to us about mm. it, because as one uh, lady said to me, we're all in a club we didn't join. And uh, and she said, it doesn't matter what way you lost your child. She said, you've lost a child. So um, that was an eye opener that there were all these people who were going through this hurt and this tor torment that we didn't know about. And they were mm. they were getting on with their lives. Um, this thing about time being a healer, time helps you get used to a new normal. But it, to be honest, it doesn't heal anything. Um, and we know we're not the only ones. And when you meet somebody else, that's you can feel their pain yeah. and you can actually talk freely about it. D does no one else really understand this? This is a different kind of grief to the grief most of us know, is it? Yes. Well, I mean, I, I was talking to um, Caroline yesterday. My mother died. She'll be two years dead in July. She had a full life, a wonderful life. And yes, I was devastated. I found her and she just went to bed and didn't wake up the next day. But she was happy to go. She was ready to go and she'd had a full life. This is completely different. Um, you're seeing all their friends and they're graduating. They've got girlfriends, they're getting engaged, they're getting married, they're oh, having yeah. children. Yeah. So you see all of them and you're absolutely delighted for them. And there's a couple of kids who keep in touch, which is wonderful. But you, again, at the back of your head is thinking, you know, that should have been our son. He should have been going through all those milestones as well. And he never will. Yeah. So um, it's look, it's fact of life. Um, we deal with it the best we can. We're always on the same chapter. We may not always be on the same page. OK. And okay. Um, I think that's important. I think we leaned into each other as opposed to lots of people who lean outwardly yeah. when something yeah. like that happens. I suppose the stereotype, uh, Derry, would be that uh, that women talk to each other about these things and that men can tend to lapse into a silence or... They can, you know. I, yeah, I thought that, but I'm lucky I have some very good close friends. Yeah. You know, and... Um, but of course, you know, you don't want to keep, you know, always harping on and going on. You have to, um, like, life does go on. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And that's normal. And in fact, you know, when I see uh, young fathers with their children, I always, I had this Irish go to them and say, listen, work less and spend more time with them. You know, uh, advice I give to any young parent out there is spend time with your kids. Um, let, work, le work less. Enjoy more time, family time. I think that's one key advice I would give now today. Yeah. Um, 
But look, you know, uh, talking about it is good. I mean, it gets easier, by the way. And we were talking about it today. Um, it gets easier. And are people nice are people you. weird about talking about it? Not our like initially. Anybody that knew Andrew, it's very easy. Yeah. To um, to talk about him, something might be a trigger, and I'll say, "Oh my God, that reminds me of Andrew." Like we were, I was interviewing all day yesterday in Goffs. And there was one particular child who came in and I thought, oh, my God. And he reminded me so much of Andrew, the cheeky chappy, the same type of haircut, the same glint in his eye, the same little, you know, looking, darting, seeing what was happening, whatever. And it, it actually kind of knocked me for six a little bit. Um, and there's always going to be those reminders. And it happens quite regularly that you'll see somebody that will remind you yeah. of him, either the way they look or the way they act or the way they're, you know. It, it's it's again it's it's life and um, but it's nice to see and it's another little reminder you know yeah so you don't so want you, to forget so you want, yeah you you want the memories and oh, then they're, but the then they're, they're, yeah. they're you can't they're talk to everybody happening. about yeah. it but yeah. anybody that knew him and obviously mm. my pals his pals and they all yeah. knew him and uh, it's always very easy to talk to them we're very lucky that we have very good family and friends that rallied around us because there were other people whom. Um, I'd say a lot of them didn't know how to handle it yeah. um, and other people who thought it was going to rub off. So um, it does make a oh. difference. There is a huge stigma with suicide. It, still, because, you know, we pride ourselves now and we're talking about mental health a lot and all that kind of oh, thing. Oh, there is still a huge stigma. Yeah, unfortunately. But look, it is what it is. And uh, it'll probably be another generation before it's actually accepted. I mean, now we say they died by suicide, that not that they didn't commit suicide. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the only person they've committed a crime against is themselves. I mean, look at how far we've come in the Catholic Church. I mean, up to 20 years ago, somebody committed suicide and it was recognised. They weren't allowed to be, they weren't allowed to have a Catholic funeral. They weren't allowed to be buried in, in I haven't done how many years ago it is, but they weren't allowed to be buried on hallowed ground. So, because um, I remember when Andrew died and I said to my mom, you know, she said, oh, so-and-so died by suicide and so-and-so. And I said, well, when I was a kid, you told us that they died of a broken heart. And she yeah. said they did that to get around the laws of the church. But you see, then when, when you say that about that we haven't come that far, people thought it might rub off. They thought it was kind of contagious. There's still people who think, yeah, aren't there, Derry? Yeah, there is. Yeah, well, there is. There is a stigma, you know, and it's, it's there. I mean, I know you're saying about mental health and we do talk about that a lot, which is great, by the way. It really is. I think it's the most important thing you can have to look after your mental health. But um, like anyone, if, if you are feeling low, you know, just great place out there you can contact people nowadays and yeah. get help and advise anyone to get help and talk about your feelings um, especially men as you said something men don't talk enough about how they feel like guys don't want to go into the bar and having a beer and start going on about their problems do they yeah we kind of uh, hold things in so definitely um, talk 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 I would think and you you think we need to get into schools as well more I think Sanya. we should start at schools because I was involved with the teen charity for a while and we set up helplines and we found that girls will pick up the phone and, and call and speak to somebody whereas boys will text and um, I think there has to be some sort of outlet for if if they don't want to pick up the phone and call somebody that there's a text line that there's a helpline yeah, okay. that at least there's some communication um i did a lot of school talks over the years and i think if it was a sixth year we should really start getting i mean there's kids now as young as seven unfortunately that are taking their own life and um i think somebody needs to actually get in there and say listen it's a temporary it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem and with social media kids are growing up much faster i mean there's stuff on social media that would scare you i mean you can actually find out how to do it which i didn't realize until andrew had died there's a lot of things we've learned since since then mm. that there's so much available to kids that they they really shouldn't have access to 
So it's and that it's a very important point you make there about that. It's a it's that temporary solution to a permanent problem. Like you think Andrew was a spur of the moment thing. You've said you've most said definitely. it like so many times. Yeah, life and soul definitely. of the party. He was with us it, twenty minutes beforehand. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was fixing his car. He was doing whatever. I would say it was in that five minutes span. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah, say it, it was, was instant decision. They call um, it a mental heart attack. It's something that crosses their mind. And I mean, kids at that age tend to shoot first and ask questions later. You see, they they. They're, They're stuck in the developed. moment, like in the worst possible way that they don't see that this too will pass or that things will yeah. will move but on. We need yeah. to educate them that that will happen. And as I say, unfortunately, it's young men that, you know, they're big, strong lads and they think that nothing can, you know, touch them or hurt them or they can handle anything. But they can't. We're all human. We all need to, you know, and as I say, girls who say girls talk, boys need to have some sort of an outlet. And I do think a text service or some sort of where boys will actually text. And if there is that help out there that they can have a text line, I think they'll probably use it. And I think that could save some more lives. But I do think the schools are the key here. I think we need to get in at 10, 12. Maximum age to start would be 12. And to get in there and just say, listen, kids, if you have a problem, there is solutions. Everything can be fixed. Everything can be sorted out. And uh, it may not happen today or tomorrow, but we can work with you on it. Yeah, and look for, for people who are um, being affected by this conversation. I should say that they can get numbers of people who can help on rt.ie forward slash helplines. Um, a lot of people get great comfort in faith, sally and Your faith has been My helped faith you, has, has been, it? It has. It has helped me. And um, as I say, yes, I believe in God. I believe in an afterlife. And I do believe we'll all be together again. And I do believe that those who pass on, those who are closest to us, are still around somewhere. And I think that card is proof of it. That's my belief. So do you do you feel Andrew's presence? I feel that somebody life? told me to go and look in that press yeah. and start clearing it out. And the whole objective was to find that card and say, I'm thinking of you, Mom. That's my that's my feeling. And you think you'll see him again? I do. Yeah, I do. I don't you know when. No, I'm the opposite, Sian. I not really have faith. But uh, I respect Sian's beliefs. Um no, unfortunately, I don't. But uh, that's just is what it is. Um, but I mean, I do kind of wonder how Sian found that card last week. You know, just just, just before Valentine's Day, kind of strange, really. But um, I, if Sian, happy, and she has that belief, it's very important. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, did Did it leave a mark on your daughter? Oh yes, definitely. She misses her brother. The two of them were very, yeah. very close. Well, she, ha she hasn't really been home since. Really, she's, she's travelled the world since and. She got married last year, which is great, brilliant, and living in Bristol. But um, as I then said, just afterwards, she travelled the world, didn't she, really? She's been running away, yeah. basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we're lucky that she's settled in Bristol, aren't we? Yeah. Because yeah, she's, so she's, she's lived in yeah. Australia, she's lived in New Zealand, she's lived in Vietnam, she's lived in Indonesia, she's gone to Canada, she's even gone to California. So we're very lucky she's settled in Bristol. It's 45 minutes flight away. Yeah. So we're delighted. And he's a really nice lad. It's a, it's a version of what you did, Derry. Keeping busy, keeping moving, that kind of thing. It is, it is. You know, and one good thing I say to anyone who has like f has a fog in their head is uh, exercise. Yeah. You know, cycle, walk, run, sports. I think it's great right, way to meet people too. You meet people um, doing the same thing, <coughs> and it gives you that kind of uh, lift. Um, so that was one thing I did was start uh, cycling. And work. And work yeah. and work, you know. Yeah. And that's we, why, like, I mean, we did um, finish up kind of officially work three years ago in the middle of all the pandemic 
and um, <laughs> this is why we're going into the new new project in the next few so, weeks. So just before we get to the new project, I'm intrigued by the fact that she had this little um, break, a mini retirement <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> like, you see, I think everybody should get, a, should get a temporary retirement while they're young enough to enjoy it, but that's kind of what she did, was it? But, uh, before you had the simmer frames come into play, you know. Um, <laughs> so we did actually... Um, and you know something, it sounds great on paper, you know, um, yeah. in West Cork, you know, you know West Cork and we love West Cork and down there in summer and you're, and the last thing is you're there, I was there for four weeks or five weeks around the place and you kind of, it gets a bit samey actually, you don't really, okay, yeah. you know, you kind of, um, you have to kind of work first to appreciate it, that makes sense. Um, so uh, this offer came along and it kind of fits for us and we said, well, kind of, why not do it? So just explain to me then, because, so you, you gave up Le Couvain after, what was it, 32 years? Yeah. <laughs> but then you were to open up uh, a casual place in Temple Bar. That's right. The, was it the pandemic kind of put pay It was, it was a, f- a few factors, that was one factor, um, so that didn't happen. Um, so I said, that was it, I wasn't, you know. And a few more offers c- came along, projects, and this particular one um, came out really well. Uh, Owen Doyle and Ray Byrne, who we know for many years, yeah, well experienced in the business themselves, and they're developing the... Uh, club at Goffs and this is a new hotel new hotel brand new 50 bedroom uh, boutique hotel with a bar and restaurant uh, right beside Goffs um, sales and um, we met them a few times and we thought this would be a good fit I mean um, it's kind of boutique are you okay to work for other guys <laughs> well you know something you know you say that I'm, I, I am actually because I've yeah. done uh, over the years I've worked for different uh, companies as a uh, consultant yeah so I've had kind of uh, uh, bosses in that sense I'd say they're not telling you what to do, though, are they? No, well, we kind of uh, agree in things. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we kind of agree in things. I said they agree with Derry, I imagine. But one good key in it, I mean, I got a great head chef in, um, James Sheridan, um, ex-canteen. He had a great restaurant called Canteen yeah. in Selbridge. He's a local guy, and um, he's important to me, because, I mean, Brendan, as you can see, I'm not the youngest uh, guy around here now still, you know? So, um, and let's be honest about it, uh, running a kitchen is a young man's job, really. But uh, I'd be there um, helping out where I'm asked to. Italian's going to do the front of house. So um, it'd be like old times. I have the last manager that was with us in Le Crivan, Michael yeah. Babic. So, yeah, good team. And <coughs> is it going to be posh or No, it's not. Fine no, it's, no, it's not. It's going to be really good food, you know, local products, um, like a burger up to a nice steak or lobster or turbot. You know, so sandwiches. Yeah. You know, it's going to be kind of all day dining and then nice night d- dinners. And the hotel is four star, so it's not a five star operation. It's for, it's for everyone. The hotel will be for everyone. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, family celebrating their days out, their get-togethers, communions, Mother's Day, Father's Day. <laughs> Much more casual vibe. Yeah, yeah. casual vibe. Yeah. Um, easy going. That's kind of what people want these It is, yeah, and really good food. But you know. good food, but in a casual. Yeah. Correct. Scenario. It'll be it'll be casual, but it'll be slick. If you know what I mean, we're still yeah. going to have good service, great service, good, great food. Touch wood. But you know, it's it's going to be different for us. And, and of course, the the impeccable face of the operation. Well, the we're end. just you know just to make people keep, feel comfortable. Keep, keep dairy hidden. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. There's a huge uh, window <laughs> that people can see right into the kitchen, so yes. they'll be. Ex- on. Hang on, no, Brendan's right. Best no, uh, behavior, no, then, no, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, uh, the main boss here, Brendan. Sorry, on, yeah. I know that. Yeah. Um, um, so. 
You said, Sally Ann, that you were you were uh, meeting staff or recruiting staff yesterday. yesterday. A lot of people talk about that it's very hard to get staff these days. It is hard to get staff, and there are not that many people out there. But we did. Um, we've had. We've have. We have the key heads of departments and whatnot, which is great. But um, our general manager is Louise Boland, and she recommended that we do an open day. And I've never done that before. Okay. So we did an open day yesterday in Goffs from 11 till 6. And the amount of kids that came through was very impressive. And kids, is it? These are like, we can't take anybody under 17 for insurance yeah. purposes. But we had 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds who are either in school, in college, in whatever. They came like in twos and threes and they all want to work. And it was absolutely amazing. That's super, isn't it? Because everyone's given out about that the kids don't want to, don't no. want to know well, about hard work or anything. I, I have never had that experience before of an open day. And as I say, they're all kids from the local area and they either walked or came on their bikes or they got a lift over and they were walking back. And every single one of them, whether they had some experience or not, they want to work. They want Brilliant. to do some Well, they, I'd say they'd want to want to work to be under uh, Barry and Sally Ann. <laughs> no, yeah. they were great kids yeah. and I was very well, That's impressed. fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, there's a, a lot of people texting and emailing in um, and a lot of people very grateful to you for talking about it and echoing the, the, the kind of things you, you're saying about Andrew and his death. Um, I'll just read one here. Good morning, Brendan. Thanks to Derry and Sally Ann for speaking so openly about your wonderful son, Andrew. We lost our son 14 years ago, age 14. Like Andrew, no symptoms, no warning signs, no second chance. Derry and Sally Ann have expressed the sadness and loneliness of the loss of a child by suicide so clearly. Thanks to you both. Loneliness, it, it's lonely, is it, I'd say? It is lonely, yeah. It is, yeah, no, definitely is. Um but I mean, we have each other, Sally and myself, and we have uh, our daughter, Sarah May, to look after. I think that's um, a key, really, isn't it? I mean, seeing Sarah May was yeah. a key, really, for us to kind of move on and move life on for her, because she's young. Yeah. So we don't want her life, you know. Like at her wedding, yeah. she did a memory table, which yeah. was lovely. So we had photographs of, we had a photograph of Andrew. We had a photograph of uh, Derry's mum and dad's wedding day, our wedding day, my mum and dad's wedding day. And then her husband's mum and dad and his, you know, people that had passed on in there lives as well and it was lovely that they were all remembered and yeah. we all did a little speech because we all like to talk <laughs> I remember my mother's funeral the priest said two of you can speak I said there's six of us everyone <laughs> wants to say something so um, my job was to uh, obviously welcome people and to talk about those that weren't there on the day um, that would, would love to have been there so but as far as I'm concerned they were there in spirit yeah so look you you remember always I'm getting always. but you also have to try and live. That's you have to get you have to pick yourself up and dust yourself down. Yeah. You know, okay. because life is for living at the end of the day and that's what we need to tell these kids. Yeah. We need to tell them that they have a full life ahead of them and whatever their problem is is a blip and that they, they need to talk it out. That they can't just they can't deal with it themselves. That's what everybody needs somebody. But boys yeah. especially, as I said, they seem to be the ones who don't want to talk about it. So if we can set up a text line or set up something, I think that'd be wonderful. Okay. Um, listen, guys, that was, I think, very, very useful Thank to, you. to so Thank many you. people. Oh, Thank and you for And listen, good us. luck with Thank with you. the next chapter of, of living your lives and, <laughs> and uh, back back behind the cooker, Derry, and We're back in front of House Sally Ann. Yeah, that's the clubhouse at Goffs. Uh, Derry and Sally Ann Clark, thank you very much. Thank we'll take a break. Much. Text 51551. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1.